Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. If this parallel world thing is correct, why are we consciously aware of one parallel life and not others? Are seances a good idea? Can dolls or other objects really be haunted? Hello and welcome to the 730th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on ON 1240 Radio and our 10th year on the air. I'm Ben and those way deep questions came from my co-host, partner in the paranormal and father, Paul. And uh, we are happy to have our popular guest co-host, Shane Searway, back with us today. Say hello to the nice people, Shane. Today we bring you an open line show to answer any questions you might have on any paranormal subject. It's 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, or 401-766-1240 locally or from anywhere. Okay, and uh, Shane's looking very cool today in his shades, <laughs> and... Uh, Ben is going to get the video thing going here, so we don't uh, don't lose that this week. So uh, if you're listening, uh, you'll have it uh, in a few minutes later. Anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's start with our uh, open line show and our, our questions here. We have uh, one from actually. Let, let's take this one from this email here. Take one from that we never got to in the last show. That was from Miranda in Central Falls, Rhode Island. Uh, thank you for all the free shows on your website. Okay. Uh, I really enjoy them. Uh, did you ever do a show about crystal balls and how they work? Or do they work? What about other forms of divining, as it's called sometimes? Could these be real ways to find out or just a trap by, uh, could this be, these be real ways to find things that are just a trap by parasites? You know, th- this might have been prompted by our show two weeks ago, uh, with, or three weeks ago with, um, uh, uh, Susan Spooler on dowsing. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Okay, we're rolling on the third. So anyway, what, um, what do you fellas say? Crystal uh, balls, all this kind of thing? Uh, is it legitimate or is it a trap? We kind of get into that a little bit with Susan. Well, I think, um, Susan's words were really, it's not the instrument itself that's, that's the divining. It's, it's the person who's doing the divining. That essentially the instrument itself is just an extension of the person. So really, we're the ones doing the divining, not the instrument. I, b- I believe that's what Susan that, was saying. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Shane, what, what, I don't know. Well, we've never talked much about that in 20 years. So no. <laughs> no, I, I don't give it much thought either. Um, mm. I, I know throughout the years people have used those techniques, and particularly they, they look into black shiny objects or a black bowl with water in it mm. or a crystal ball or, or something like that. But I think anything to, to help you, um, you know, op- Empty your mind and focus on um, a particular subject or or um, the possibility of of receiving something. You know, you open yourself up. Um, but you know, maybe I don't know. I, I've never experimented with it, so yeah. I, I can't say firsthand. But there um, there are two terms that come to mind. One is uh, psychometry, and another one is uh, scrying. It's S-C-R-Y-I-N-G. They're old terms. I don't know if they're even still in use. I haven't seen them lately. But psychometry is essentially... I, I used to know people who, who could do this, with actually looking at an object and being able, being able to tell its history. And, of course, uh, you know, I have all kinds of uh, multiversal theories about how that probably works, if that theory is correct. And scrying... Uh, often it's sometimes called mirror scrying because a mirror is a typical way you supposedly can do that. And uh, supposedly you can look in there and you're looking, I guess, into your own eyes and you can um, 
see things or, or uh, some can sometimes even remote viewing that sort of thing um, if anyone has in the audience has uh, any more knowledge of that or questions about it uh, that, that maybe would enlighten us uh, again 800-449-1240 I have to say though too like you know when it comes to because based on what they use like a, a crystal ball or uh, I know a popular one is a black bowl with water in it Things like that. Um, I experimented with water and reflective objects, particularly um, with water and black objects and also shiny objects. Where, um, I, because my theory was that um, in, in some cases where we know there's a lot of activity, a lot of different things happen with water nearby, um, that it, it might have been manipulating the light, uh, which we know it, it can, um, but changing it in such a way, the frequencies in such a way to to allow us to see something that we otherwise wouldn't. So I started taking pictures, um, not just typical reflective photography, but using like you know water on black surfaces just because it seemed to work well, um, and I started getting images of beings um actual like i have pictures of alien beings i don't know if i ever showed you um i don't you, think so oh yeah i mean oh. images of human looking p- things uh, alien looking things but just unmistaked i mean you, you can't mistake it it's, it's there it's not like looking at a cloud there it's there's something definitely there and i'll, I'll show you how did we miss that over the years yeah yeah that would be good but i mean that might have something to do with these objects uh, you know just manipulating these light frequencies or whatever because we know there's visible light there's invisible light um we know that through that new telescope that has found you know uh, life forms in our own atmosphere um so you know i think maybe these objects are, are doing that and allowing them to see things that they otherwise yeah. wouldn't but i think that that uh, the questioner here uh miranda asks a, a good one in the sense of another level to this and um, and it's funny because shamans in, in canada and australia have told me this too that you really really have to know what you're doing in general uh, which is why shamans will spend really their whole lives preparing for this, studying under other shamans, right. you know, walking the walk, living the life. You can't just get it from a book uh, right. because it's very easy to be fooled. Or taking a class at your local community center. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I think it's very possible that, that parasites could use uh, to give uh, various information that is not accurate or uh, damaging or push buttons, which is how they eat and this kind of thing. We've talked about that in many Oh, is shows. that what she was asking? Yeah, I think essentially said, you know, how, how do you really, you know, is it, how does it work? And we, I think we have said, uh, but is it always legitimate? And oh, yeah. Can you trust what's said? And we're always saying you can't no. always trust what what's being said to you in any of these. One thing I've, I've realized a long, long, long time ago, was any time you open yourself up for any time type of interaction, no, even if you think it's something you're you're calling out on somebody that a loved one or whatever. Anytime you're opening yourself up, you're putting out the welcome mat for these parasites. Hence they're, the they're need for come. experience. Yeah, and yep. even then, yes, I, I always advise it was best just to avoid it entirely if you can. Right. Now, you, in in our line of on our field here, you it's not all you you run into it and you have to understand it. Right, and in, in order to do it properly and not get in trouble with these parasites, you have to be educated very thoroughly on these mechanics, and you have to be you have to be emitting the the the, the right emotions. You have to have that, you know, not just saying you're in a certain emotional state. You have to actually be in a, in a certain emotional state. Exactly. Um, and you have to eliminate other emotions that also pull these things in. So there's a lot that you have to do in order not to get in trouble. But as soon as you open yourself up, you're giving this thing attention. You you want to interact with it. Um, no matter what you think you're interacting with, these parasites will come if, if you're not careful. 
Well, that reminds me of uh, November 24th, 1974, uh, pulling up to Lor- Ed Lorraine Warren's house. Lorraine comes jumping out the door. Are you in a high spiritual state right now? <laughs> I was nothing near it. I said, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Bridgeport Poltergeist case. I had trouble because of that. Anyway, uh, here's one from Brian. Don't know where Brian is from, but Ben, if you would... Ah, uh, yes. To be honest. Brian. It's kind of a long one, but that's all right. That's uh, fine. I'm used to them. So, uh, Brian writes to us, uh, Greetings, gentlemen. I love the show and agree with about 90 to 95% of your theories in regards to the paranormal. In my earliest memories, I had the distinct impression that I have, will, and will again live my life. Reincarnation offered no explanation. It was only when I began reading about uh, the MWI, Multiple Worlds Interpretation of Quantum Physics, that it all started to make sense. Coincidentally, I just happened to be reading about quantum mechanics and the MWI shortly before I discovered your radio show. Here is my question. Is there any way to determine who is consciously aware and who is not? Uh, For example, my primary conscious uh, awareness, quote-unquote, resides in this world, or uh, family of worlds, in which I am sending you an email. In countless parallel worlds, I have joined the Navy, uh, uh, as opposed to the Army, or I could have... the Coast Guard? Oh, that's not even in the equation, Dad. Uh, or I could have uh, been uh, born several hundred years earlier or later. If I understand you gentlemen correctly, our subconsciousness consists of countless parallel worlds in which we are already living, yet uh, my primary consciousness resides in this world or family of worlds. Have you gentlemen ever run across anyone whose primary awareness seemed to reside in a parallel world? And if so, how do you tell? So I guess very, we'll very well put. So I guess we can take the the first portion of the question, which okay. is: Is there any way to determine uh, who is consciously aware and who is not? I'm not sure what that means, Shane. What do you, you want to? I mean, I, I, I run into people every day who don't seem to be consciously aware of much of anything. <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's. Well, I guess but, I can I, I can take it. But I, I think uh, from the view, just looking back on how we've discussed this in many shows. Conscious awareness in the sense of being aware that you are more than just right here, right now, that you are uh, many facets of you in many different worlds. I'll, I'll take it that that's what Brian is asking. If not, he's welcome to call in. Um, uh, at least from so that, that's how I would answer that part. I don't know, Shane, Ben, what? Well, I think I, I think I get what he's what he's trying to say. I think he means um, essentially. How do you know you're aware of other awarenesses, essentially? Okay, yeah. So I, th- I think I think the best because you know the the terms English language is just complete garbage for trying to oh, explain wait a minute, this stuff. You're talking, your father's an editor here. I work with the English language. <laughs> well, I mean, it you can, know, it can be useful at times. Well, I, what what I'm saying is it's useless for describing the indescribable. Right. Well, most languages are. Well, exactly. So it's beyond it's beyond comprehension. So we're using the best terms we can to try and describe the thoughts that are in our head. So it's like we know these things, but we have a hard time expressing how we know them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So essentially, um, I think I think the best way to answer answer this is essentially people who, I guess the best the best way to tell, in my opinion, is. Um, you know certain skills they use, right? So if you're if you're trying trying to learn something, like for example, I've been in my spare time, I've been trying to you know learn a couple extra languages, and I thought about it for a really long time, and I was I thought about how like you know in in Europe it's in Euro- European educate in the educational system essentially like you know you're you're taught to learn many other languages, mostly because all the other countries are so close to each other. Yeah, they're little countries and. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, you're bound to interact with people from other countries sure. there. I mean, not as much here, because, you know, America is such a, a, a vast 
a vast nation that you don't really interact with with as many different cultures. So I thought about it and I was like, well, how do how do they know these languages and how do they learn them? Well, they think in them. How do you think in them? You attach yourself to somebody who already knows the language multiversally. So if you're trying trying to learn something unintentionally or not, you sort of subconsciously know whatever it is you're trying to do anyway. So you just uh, subconsciously do it. So it's like, you know, I don't think you put too much thought into it. I don't think people put too much thought into anything. If anything, most most of the, the older philosophies in, in our, our world essentially revolve around the fact that you don't think about it too much. You just do it. So the people who sort of just do tend to be the ones who are more consciously aware. Does that make sense? Shane? Yeah, I think it does. But I wanted to share a story. I was approached by this this girl one time. I think I mentioned this briefly on the show one time, but um, this this girl, and she was, you could tell physically, she was visually, like, upset. Like, I could tell that she was very, very, very upset. And she saw my vehicle, you know, lettered and stuff, and, and she goes, um, can I ask you something? And she, she goes, do you believe, like, in multiple worlds and, and stuff? And, and I said, I said, it's funny, you're asking me this, because it's one of our theories, and, and, um, she says, um, because my, my whole life, I, I'm aware of a, a, a different place. I'm, I'm in a different land, a different world. She goes, but it's so real. She goes, and it's just like, um, um, I have my memories here, but I have my memories there, and my whole life there. And she said, and I, I had a, a relationship, a long relationship for two years with this this guy in my other world. And last night he broke up with me, and she was so upset. Like this was real to her, you know. Huh. She was very aware of this, and and um, and it, she said, I can't think, I can't, you know, even though it, these are like memories and and stuff. But she's so, you know just sh- shooken up i mean it's it's real to her you know yeah um the only thing experience i have with anything like, like that is um i have memories of like being a i live in a big mansion and i'm like and these aren't like dreams that i have these are mm-hmm. just memories that i have and i'm a musician which i am in in this world too i sing and i play guitar well in in these other memories I've, i'm actually doing it for a career and i'm i'm successful you know and i i live like elvis you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with the shade, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the heavier version though. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so but that it just it always you know every time we talk about this, I think about that girl. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't know, Ben. Have you uh, obviously we, we've run into that together uh, at times. So uh, the the well, whole yeah, people living. Well, I, I first ran into them. I know I've run into a lot of people like that who. Uh, well, I, I also want to bring up the notion of conscious awareness. I, you know, I don't think we are. This is our. There are times when I have thought that that right here is our primary consciousness, but I, I don't think it is. I think it's well balanced, or should be, yeah. with the others. I think we're just as conscious there as wherever or whenever that is, as we are here and now. Uh, but a lot of I've run into a lot of people who we're really living in other worlds. Quite literally, almost. Only a lot of them were inmates at psychiatric institutions back when there were a lot more than, of them than there are today, and back in the seventies, particularly. And I've talked about a lot of those things on the show or during lectures. Uh, but th- these, um, I think, th- these people were. Since our society cannot really deal with that, uh, in the sense that we talk about it, they are ta- they are said to be schizophrenic, or they have. And some of them, you know, there really are mental issues, to say the least, with some of them. But uh, and some are living in horrible worlds, some are living in beautiful worlds, uh, but they're living in other worlds. I was convinced of that, 
And when you, when you talk to the doctors in a group, and I've done that, actually, they will get all upset. Oh, you know, you can't say that. But individually, they'll say, I've often suspected the same thing, but if I said that, I'd uh, get fired. Yeah. You know. So uh, there's a certain political correctness with science and medicine as well. So... Uh, so the answer is, is yes. Uh, probably the hardest concept in anything we talk about is the idea of living multiple worlds, multiple lives at the same time. We believe that explains reincarnation experiences, uh, because, especially because you can't, there is no time in the linear sense that you'd have to have it in order to have reincarnation as past lives. Uh, when you talk with various uh, hypnotists or ther- therapists who will uh, re- regress people, as they call through hypnotism, and if, if they're legitimate, uh, they believe what what they're doing is taking people back to their past lives. But if you ask them, gee, did you ever encounter a, a world where they, you don't recognize or a world uh, with, or that may be a future? And they say, well, yeah, it's funny you should ask because, yeah, there are worlds... I don't recognize people give dates that I don't recognize, and not even in the in the, the way we would do it, uh, like you know, 2018. It would be uh, letters and numbers, and you know, you name it. It goes on out there in the realm of regression therapy. So um, I think that this is all the the idea that we're living parallel lives, fully conscious there, and I think the essence of of developing one's spirituality. Is and one problem I have with spirituality in general, particularly Western spirituality, is very inner, inner centered. It looks inward, not outward. I think that can be very destructive because you are not in here. You are all of us. You you are living many, and that includes the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And a proper spiritual life, I think, really, what it does, no matter what terms they couch it in, is it makes you aware of your whole self which is really not just yourself. And that's the great paradox of spirituality and of the multiverse. It's not about you. If you want to, if you want to discover yourself or feel yourself, you forget yourself. Mm. You discover all the other aspects of yourself that, that, that are out there. And it's, uh, it's a funny kind of concept for our ferociously individualistic society. But why, why are so many people so... Um, you know, messed up today. People are lost. You know, we get more and more things. We go to the mall and buy things. It doesn't make us happy. And, uh, you know, the horrors such as we saw the other day in Florida, God forbid, you know, the people, because they obviously had a, a severely mentally disturbed person. Uh, or someone might, under the influence of parasites. I don't want to speculate. I don't, I don't, I don't know the facts. But uh, anything is possible. But um, when you have balance in your spiritual life, in in all these things, I think that you you eliminate that kind of thing because that's not what is supposed to happen. Mm-mm. I don't know if I lost everybody here, but that's you know, no. I saw what you, I saw what you were doing, and I have a, I have a fun little little anecdote to add on on sure. to that. I had a very very interesting experience at my place of employment the other day, where I was uh, I was check, checking through I was going through a checklist or whatever, and I was I was wa- walking around outside in our parking lot. And I um, I stopped. I sort of looked up, and I kind of forgot where I was. And I was I was like I was like, do I work here? And I was like, oh, I do. Did you think you I were do. my age? No, well the the, ex- the experience wasn't like oh I forgot I worked here. Like I forgot my keys <laughs> you or liked something. To yeah. It was more like wow I really work here, huh? Yeah. Like like a like a strange like um it, like like I like I switched worlds for a second, and I was like oh god I work here. And then there, there's a term for that. I can't think of it at the moment, but um, yeah, I think we all. I don't know. Maybe Shane, you've had an experience like that. I remember when I was I was at in the hospital. Your uncle Eldon 
this is back in the, the early 1980s. No, it wasn't either. I was in the 1970s. I was still in the seminary. I was in a hospital in Hartford. I was wearing a cassock. And I walked in. And I was, so I was like my very early 20s. And I sat down. And all of a sudden, I couldn't see. Now, this is a, a, a known medical phenomenon, but it's never happened since. But I couldn't see. I was, I was like somewhere else. And um, the, they, were, they, were, they called the nurse in because I, I said, I can't see. And then I was somewhere else. It wasn't quite the flashing nexus, like being different people. But then it took about a minute and a half and three minutes, and it was over. A minute, between a minute and a half and three, maybe two minutes. And it was really strange. Other t- uh, once or twice, uh, other than that, uh, there's been like a, uh, almost like, like I mean, the old slide projectors. That were, one slide would come up, there'd be a moment of darkness. The other slide would drop down. And maybe I'm dating myself, but that's, but that was almost like that. And that was in Providence one time. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, th- there are things we have like, they, maybe they're nothing to do with anything multiversal. Maybe they're just uh, uh, neurological, however. Could be ocular migraine. Ocular migraine, yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, Dreams also are another factor that come in. Uh, any thoughts on that as far as uh, other worlds? Well, I know you guys have a lot of experience with that. Well, yeah. You, know, you guys share um, the same world, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally we share the same world. <laughs> um, not bad for a father and son, especially when you were younger. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and uh, Ben's mom and I don't necessarily share dreams, at least not that she'll admit, but that there are many memories of, of worlds. There are things we'll do together in dreams that certain places will go. Uh, a restaurant in uh, on a street corner in Pennsylvania, for example. This is all in a dream. And uh, when we're there, and because I have a very, fun, very funny sleep schedule, I tend to remember, and I write this down, uh, there, there are, are life memories from that life, if that's what it is. Uh, and there have been a number of occasions of that. What's really interesting is when the worlds have different laws of physics, which physicists will speculate about, and, and they theorize that many of these parallel worlds, uh, which very few of them uh, don't acknowledge now, uh, have very different laws of physics. Uh, some, sometimes you can even fly in some of them. Well, the worlds like that would mm-hmm. be very unusual. So, but nevertheless, it seems to be parallel. So, so this all seems to be quite real. I've gone, yeah, I've, I've even like just kind of related. Been gone to a place um, I've, I've never been before, you know, but knew everything that was, that was there. Like yeah. I, I, I knew what was going to be around every corner. Like I've been here before. So it's beyond I, deja vu. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know I've been here before, but I haven't. Like I've never been in this state or this mm-hmm. town or whatever. Yeah. But I know this place. Um, another thing is, um, I've never discussed it. I never mentioned this because it, it's almost, it's been like my whole life this has happened. So it's like second nature to me, but I'll think of a place that I will be going. I'm looking forward to going and I get like a snapshot in my head and I can see the whole layout mm. and mm. I get there. I'm like, holy, you know, this is exactly what I saw. And I'm photographic that way anyways, yeah. you know, like I, when we can be driving a hundred miles an hour down the highway and I can look off to the side of the road, and I and I get like a, a and you a do snapshot. drive 100 miles an hour down the highway, <laughs> yeah. and I can see everything in that photo and analyze everything in my head wow. from and I found wallets that way. I found a police officer's wallet on the side of the road. <laughs> my wife is cranking down the down the road, and and I just looked off like real quick, just snap to the, turn the right and then back, and I could, I could see that snapshot. And I said, turn back around. It was a wallet. She goes, how on earth could you see a wallet? Wow, you know, it was off in the dirt and everything. Sure enough, I picked it up. There was a badge in it, and um, for for our the town that we were in, and we we got back in the truck and 
turned the corner and he was sitting right there and I walked up oh to him. Oh my god! He, he got all red in the face, you know. I lost his badge, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. He's lucky I didn't turn uh, it into tell anybody. <laughs> to the precinct. Yeah. They would have ragged on him. But Ben, I think it's time we started experimenting on Shane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of a. a, a I can't think of the word for it. a controlled controlled experiment. I don't remember. Yes, what it's called. <laughs> I don't know. Out of control experiment. Yes. Okay. Well, let's take our uh, close enough. Yeah, bottom of the hour break. Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno with our famous guest co-host Shane Searway today on WON 1240 in New England's very strange uh, meteorologically Blackstone Valley, and we'll be right back. Stick with us. Hi, I'm Paul Eno. Ghosts, poltergeists, UFOs, Bigfoot, and weird phenomena that don't even have names yet. And I'm Ben Eno. Every Sunday from noon to 1 p.m. here on ON 1240, get a whole new look at the weird world we live in on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Every week we bring you the world's greatest experts and most amazing experiencers from PhDs to abductees. And you'll see soon that explaining the paranormal isn't the problem, it's handling the explanations. Be there. And you are there. This is a kind of a little bit of an overkill with our own promo, but however, just that's in fine. case you forgot, just in case you forgot where you are, uh, or thought you were in another place, just like we've been talking about, uh, slipping yeah. uh, in and out of parallel worlds. So we have an open line show today. Uh, again, our phone number eight hundred four four nine one two four zero. Anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, any subject you'd like to discuss on the paranormal, our our uh, great, uh, very popular guest co-host Shane Searway is here, of course, with Ben and myself. And uh, let's continue. So we have one from Kathleen. We don't know. These are from Facebook. Kathleen, I don't know where she's from, but uh, Ben, if you would take. Kathleen from nowhere writes to us. Uh, Hi, do you know Anthony Peak? Have you had him as a guest on your show? Which yes, we have. Um, Which actually, I believe, was our uh, show number six sixty eight, November twenty second, twenty sixteen, and he should be. What a memory. Oh yeah, right. Well, also says it's also right written there. in the script. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm really happy because I would have I would have just totally blanked on that. I didn't know he was coming back June third. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna see be a surprise. Show. Yeah, see? I'm I'm excited. Your you know, dad's you learn, full of surprises. You learn something new every day. Your dad and the casting producer. Full yes, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Anthony Anthony thinks uh, Earth might be a hologram and life uh, maybe like some sort of game for learning. My question is, uh, is uh, why develop such an elaborate game? Um, and then she has a, a theory, but I guess we'll we'll go for our 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 answers first, and then her theory. Yeah. Okay. okay. We we can do that. You know and what's funny? I um I, I think about this a lot, strangely, or I did not as much as before because I found it too distracting. Um, there's a really a really funny um uh, like a, if anybody knows what Reddit is, it's like a like a series of like forums and, mm-hmm. and stuff, and they they have a bunch of different what's called subreddits, which are essentially sub sub forums for random different topics and one of them is called um rlf which is is an uh oh crap i can't remember the word anagram no not an anagram um essentially it's it's short for real real life or no it's just or called, acronym oh it's an acronym there yeah. we go anagram acronym uh well it's yeah real life so it's essentially okay. sorry so it, it's it's for real life which is it makes fun of everyday things everyday things is like being part of a video game <clears throat> and essentially like all right well i'm level 24 soon to be level 25 in april so i get experience through grinding um through my job and i use certain skills in my job like in a video game you grind you skills level up get more experience and all all that stuff it's it's supposed to be like a big joke like a strange esoteric joke like how do i change my guild or whatever 
like currently I'm in the Closet Builders Guild. How do I get out of the Closet Builders Guild and join like the Sound Guy Guild? That kind of thing. It's it's a big esoteric joke, but it's all also plays off of um, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson's theory that we live that we live in a simulation. And there's also some German philosopher too who thinks the same thing because he essentially theorized that um, the smallest particle possible is like a pixel. Like, it's essentially, like, the smallest molecule is essentially a pixel, and all these, like, pixels together create us, that essentially we're made of pixels rather than molecules and stuff. Does a pixie dust come in there at all? Huh? No, pixels yeah. as in, like, we're essentially, like, the, highest, the highest possible, like, like graphics setting. So instead of, like, 1080p or 4K, yeah, yeah. it's, like, we're, like, 100,000K or, or something because we're made up of so many pixels. That's that's the basic joke. <laughs> but Well, I mean, it I, may not be a joke. I mean, now... I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish, Ben. But just no, please continue. Okay. Well, it just th- there is some very strange mathematics behind this whole hologram theory, and uh, we think, at least in the intro to our book, behind the paranormal, two Bigfoot, Mothman, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, <clears throat> there is um, something to it. It's just another form of the multiverse theory in a way, but that that uh, there is some. There are physicists who really believe, and there, as again, there's very strange math behind this. That the whole everything we see is really a projection, a hologram, okay, uh, just as Ben said. And it's uh, it's not a joke uh, to them. And uh, it, it may be, again, it's six of one half dozen of the other in a way. It's just a different way of looking at the multiverse theory. But uh, the question is, who's doing the projecting? Is it God? Is some people think it's aliens. And uh, what do you mean by God? And this sort of thing. So these are all questions that... Um, I mean, the math is beyond me, I know. So, I don't know. But but this is, I guess, where um, uh, our questioner is coming from. Yes. So, I mean, and I... Anthony Peake, too, is, is, he's been on this show and we've been on his. And uh, we really hit it off because we seem to think alike. Kind of. I mean, I'm not really some super... Some people might find disturbing. I, mean. I find the holographic theory to be rather depressing. I think it's... I think it's... Mm. I think it's... it's it's probably a logical conclusion based on where our technology is heading currently. I, if if we manage to come up with simulations ourselves, then where do we get the idea for it? Which is kind of a reach, but I mean, I I can see where it's coming from, but it just depresses me. I like I'd like to think that we're not a simulation, and that. Well, yeah, Shane, you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I get Ben's point that it's uh, yeah, I depressing. mean, the idea of learning. What As you go, I don't know. What he said, I mean, it's it's too distracting, so I, I focus on other things that yeah, mean yeah, more yeah. at the moment and stuff, like, you know, the work that I do, and I'm so busy with it anyways. But, you know, do simulations have emotion? Do they have feeling? Do mm. you know what I mean? How, yeah. how can you, you know, um, I guess you could program it, but uh, even <clears throat> robots don't have emotion, you know what I mean? So I don't, I, I, I think this piece is missing there for me. To yeah. Keep yeah. going in that direction. I mean, well, having made the mistake of getting a degree in philosophy, I can't help it. Uh, so I, it just... The idea of, of, okay, maybe it's a learning simulation that we are, are learning as we go and we hopefully get better. I mean, that, that uh, may be true. It's less depressing perhaps than thinking you're just a projection. Uh, but it harks back to the idea of the old ideas about reincarnation. And I actually heard Lorraine Warren say something that I heard another, that someone, somebody said in a lecture recently. And that's that how could God judge us in one lifetime? I mean, what kind of question is that? You know, but that's the way she she thought at the time. I don't know if she's changed her mind, 
But um, the whole reincarnation thing, you know, it's this education then doing better next time, like it's some kind of Groundhog Day, you know, with the, yeah. with Bill Murray or something. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. But, That's a uh, strange question to ask. So what? How can God judge us in one lifetime? Well, you had to know Lorraine. I mean, oh, you know, okay. With all due respect, uh, you know, and I haven't talked to her since 1978 because uh, we had a bit of a falling out over mm. a case in Rhode Island, uh, and I dared to question. But anyway, um, but be that as it may, um, I think that this is something we all need to look more into. And we'll, we'll, when we have Anthony on in June, we will talk to him further about this. So, would you so like what, to... what is uh, the theory of... Um, is it Kathleen? Yes. Yes. Uh, she continues to say, a theory I have is that physical existence is a frontier um, and there is a, a desire to explore and learn it. When you learn anything uh, new, you inevitably make a lot of mistakes, oftentimes painful and time-consuming. I think we might be uh, from the spirit world and sent here to master the physical world. I also wonder if mastered whether the physical world would be the envy of the spirit world because there is a strong desire to stay here and return here. People oftentimes uh, discuss how they uh, would miss seeing and feeling and tasting and can't quite imagine not having those things uh, when uh, passing on. Uh, just some thoughts uh, to share. Uh, P.S. Anthony also thinks that we might uh, live the same life over and over like a video game so we can learn and master it. Uh, but I don't think we have to live the same life over and over again to learn uh, the physical world. And also, I don't think we have to go through every single possibility to learn uh, everything. Learning doesn't occur that way on Earth, and uh, it would be very inefficient to learn that way. Well, we'll talk to Anthony about that. We'll, we'll uh, pin him down on that. Uh, thoughts? Well, based on her theory, I think she might like a book called The Light Worker. I'm not saying I agree with the author's view at all, but I think um, with what Kathleen is, you know, spec or what you know her ideas on this whole thing, um, I think there's a book called there's a series of books uh, about light workers and and stuff, and I think I think it's Savannah Ariana or something like that as the author, but um, I read it years ago. I, th- I think she, you know she might enjoy that because essentially the, her idea is that um, we're all. We're sent down here to learn, and then, you know, we die, um, we go back up, and we get brought back down, you know, until we reach a a certain stage where we, you know, we can stay in the spiritual world, Um, and... But, you know, I think she, she might enjoy that book anyways. I just thought I'd mention it. Not to say I agree with it or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the term lightworking before, and I, I was not super impressed with it. Yeah. I didn't quite get it. Yeah, uh, like, we, hear, we hear it all day. Yeah, I don't, emails. I don't, I asked, like, what does that even mean? And like, well, we work with light. And I'm like, what, what, is, what, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, this one is, she refers well, I mean, to light Jedi work- kind of thing, you know. Light right. workers are basically people that, nurses, doctors, people that help yeah. people. So mm-hmm. it's basically, you can do it in any shape or form. So, uh, you know, um, you know, I get where she's coming from. Um, I think it's a little bit different, but, you know, it, just people, all kinds of people with different theories and like to be different, you know, invent their own thing. But it, it's still, it was still an, a neat book that I think Kathleen might enjoy. Well, I can't help but notice in, in Kathleen's uh, theory, she's bringing in the notion of the spirit world in the old time terms, the spirit world and the material world. Much has been made of the fact uh, by some scientists and by people who are not that you've got, there really is no such thing as matter as an objective. It's really, everything is really energy. And, you know, there is matter, but it's just another form of energy. Yeah. So um, I've always had problems with the 
idea of a spirit world. You know, you 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 die, you leave your body, and, and it's this dualism we're always talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, from our dear friend Renee Descartes, whom we I wanted to get a picture of and put darts in it or something over here in our background. Yeah, I always get annoyed when people are are talking about stuff and they're they're like, oh well, you know, I'm just a, a meat a meat robot that is driven by a spirit basically yeah and it's like well that kind of negates the whole point of being a human i mean if that's the case why don't we all just throw ourselves off of cliffs so like well some people do unfortunately but, <laughs> but no i think mean, there's just there's a lot more to this than than meets the eye but i, I think the the a better def a better idea of what we are why we are what we're doing what we're going to be doing is not spirit world versus material world but Many, many, many worlds, and uh, people have say I talk about the spirit. They say, well, well, w- which world? What do you mean, spirit world? You know, and does that mean a world that is totally non-physical? Because uh, in our world, that would not be possible according to the laws of physics. You cannot have a full functioning human being without a body. It, it just isn't going to happen. However, there may be worlds where there are equivalences to that because we can we can think of that concept. Therefore, it must exist somewhere or somewhere. In some world, somewhere, you know, in the multiverse, someplace. That, that's that's essentially the, the thing. So, um, these are all questions that uh, we always address on the show and try to expand on some of the old ideas. And there you go, uh, Shane. Any further thoughts on that? No, that's it. Okay. Well, shall we move on? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to take some. Oh, oh there's, there's another one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, there might be two. There are always more. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is. Uh, a short one, but short ones tend to have the longest answers. Uh, Bridget from Texas writes to us, I heard you say that seances and Ouija boards are a bad idea. My friends and I did it anyway, but I tried to stop them. Uh, will anything bad happen? <laughs> oh, that's worded. No offense. Uh, <laughs> I tried. I tried to yeah. stop them, but I couldn't. It's not not as funny as the clumsy no, ghost, though. No. no, if it was a ghost, it would have fallen down. And I don't, I don't mean to laugh. It's just I, I just I just pictured. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we, uh, it, with yeah. all due respect to yeah. our our gracious listener, but anyway. So thoughts, gentlemen. Shane, yeah. you first. All right. Yeah, generally bad idea. We already talked about it in the first question, I think, um, a, a little bit for the reasons why. Um, but will anything bad happen? Uh, depends on how long ago you did it. Um, if nothing's happened, probably won't. But I, w- I wouldn't keep doing it without the proper education, and you know, most people won't have that or are not able to obtain it or you know sustain it. So. Um, but anytime you open yourself up for any type of interaction, whether it be a Ouija board or seance, it, the Ouija board isn't no magical, mysterious thing. It's it's just a tool that gets you in a certain emotional state of where you need to be to interact with these these things. And and usually these things are not who your loved one. They they'll act like your loved one. They know things based on your thought frequency. That, that that's how they know you know how to act like somebody else and to fool you into thinking that they're somebody else. Um, they're parasitic. Um, they're they're not good. They're not there to, you know, be your friend. So, um, you know, very, very bad idea to open yourself up. And those are just two ways, the, the tools to do that. But the attention to the subject and um, and then the fear that will be instilled in you if it does, you know, happen is, is the, the ultimate goal of these things. But the the attention and uh, is, is definitely, uh, yeah, not, not good. I mean that you're, you're going to attract these parasites. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, that's about it for that. All right, Ben. Well, you see, I think um, no, I agree. I agree with Shane uh, on it that it's essentially, you know, it's like like you always say, you know, you could go knock on your neighbor's door, or you could smash it, it with with a sledgehammer. That's essentially what you're doing. 
Mm. You know, I think I, you know, I've, I've had friends who who I've tried to convince never use Ouija boards, and they use it once, and then they're like, oh, never using this again because yeah. horrible things end up happening. So I think, um, I I think really it's, you know, if if you're shutting yourself off to it, like it seems like uh, Bridget was shutting herself off. That maybe she has had a narrow escape. I don't. I don't. I mean, if nothing bad's happened now and she hasn't written anything saying, "Oh well, now my my plates are getting thrown all over the kitchen," I, I think that there's. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a positive. That's a plus. I don't mean to laugh. That's not funny. We've all seen that happen. No, it's my delivery. Yeah, and I think, oh, right, yeah. I think uh, you know a lot of the cases that I've done where people have been being attacked by something really horrific, um, where. Maybe they're very religious, maybe dysfunctionally, like um, where the, their church used fear constantly. You know, if you mm-hmm. do this, you're going to burn, and and that type of uh, religious upbringing. Those cases tend to be the worst because they're, they're already going into it with a fear of of that of of these entities, these demons, or whatever they want to call them. Um, so, you know, going into using a Ouija board, being nervous about it too, is going to get you in trouble because fear is the ultimate frequency, the ultimate emotion that these things want. The attention's another way. To get you there but um giving attention to the to the seance or the ouija board um and with that possibility of an interaction is going to going to get you in trouble so um but i would say the in order to stay safe but while using them when i said you know some people can use them and not get into trouble you have to have absolutely no fear of the thing understand that you're in control of this thing's ability to show up or to stick around um because and you have to be able to shut it off. You, you can't control your internal dialogue. You, you have to be able to not give it attention because it's going to try to do something to, to maintain th- that attention from you. Um, you have to have that, and most people cannot cannot do that. Well, no, I couldn't agree more, Shane. Uh, Herbert, we have occasional re- respected guests who will uh, disagree with that. Um, not many. I'm thinking particularly of Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who oh, is yeah. a, a very dear friend of ours, but we agree on very little. <clears throat> Maybe that it's Sunday. You know, something like that. But other than mm-hmm. that, um, we just you know, we're great friends, but we we disagree on that sort of thing. She thinks that the Ouija board can be a useful tool if you have, as we said in the beginning, what the shaman said, the the proper experience, the proper attitude, and this sort of thing. But I don't. I mean, you can have a very good attitude and stand in the middle of the interstate highway and still get pancaked, and and that's not, the attitude is not going to help you. Or no matter how much you know about cars or highway engineering, it's not going to help you from getting hit. Uh, prevent that, you know. So I, it's, I just don't think there there are chances that you should take in life and chances you should not take in life. Now that being said, I'm constantly getting, uh, not constantly, but almost uh, receiving emails. That, well, you say don't do this, but you communicate with these things like in different experiences I've related on the show, um, such as the the, the bear like creature, you know, in the back in the nineties that I was talking about from. Um, or at the 80s from um, Buffalo, New York, and these sorts of things, uh, or the um, potential suicide that I like to think I talked the guy out of in Florida at the Bell- Bellevue Biltmore Hotel, and um, it was a uh, what would usually be in, in interpreted as a, a contact with a ghost. It was nothing of the kind. But those are things I did not look for. You simply quiet yourself, and sometimes those things will happen. Uh, not for a long time now, because I'm not in any position to really... Um, I haven't been in any cases like that lately. We, we've been mainly concentrating on uh, flap areas with Bigfoot and all this. But um, I just... I don't know. I think I'd like to think I have some experience and that I can recognize parasites. 
uh, from some distance uh, after all these years, but it's not something I recommend other people do. I don't look look for it. I don't try to do it, but if it, it arises and it has happened, so that's my only excuse for it. But I just it's not like using a Ouija board in my opinion, or, or let alone doing a seance now. Uh, Ouija board, of course, uh, if people don't know it, you can look it up. It, it may be better not to, but you know, you have two people usually. It can be used by one uh, on, on what was, was called a planchette, and the thing moves around and spells words and all this stuff. And it's not all that different from some of the stuff we were talking about with Susan Spooler, some of the dowsing, which made me a little nervous. Mm. And then, of course, the seance, you have a group of people you know, sitting around. And again, this is a... Uh, it was developed, it's always been around, but it was developed a lot in the 19th century after the Fox sisters started having their experiences in New York State, which ended up, they founded the religion of spiritualism, or they didn't, but they were involved in it. And so all these are all old ideas based on, on old science, and um, there's all, there are a lot of dangers. They didn't say people would just assume that what came to them in a seance or what was spelled on Ouija but was, was true, because, you know, why would the... Uh, Dear departed, mislead. I mean, and then, as we know, it's not that simple. It's just, yeah, you know. that's why, like you know, with, with all this stuff, I realize um, the environment that's maintained in in each home or or dwelling or anywhere um, can really dictate what comes through. And then, so that's why yeah. um, I said, you know, people have to have a certain emotional um, state, you know, a proper emotional state in order to do this. And, and not everybody can get themselves there. That's why I've investigated a home one time that was um, haunted by something that seemed friendly. They'd walk towards the door, it would open for them. You know, they, the kid fell out of a tree, broke its leg, and... and um, the mother was doing laundry, couldn't hear the child. She turns around, and the child's sitting on the floor, and she's, oh, what happened, honey? You know, clearly the leg was broken. She said, oh, the, the lady brought me in here. I fell out of the tree, you know. Um, so it was a helpful um, entity in, in this home or whatever. Well, they moved out. A dysfunctional family moved in. I was called in years after, and these people had no idea I was in there before. Mm-hmm. Now what the, the, the whole... This, the, the personality of this haunt is totally different. Now they have something horrific. Isn't in that interesting? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was a long, 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 long time ago, and that's when I started to realize that these things, What if we have a home that's conducive and you have like the flap area or you know things that are going to allow that interaction, there are components, natural components that aid in this process. The next thing that's, that dictates what comes through is the people in the emotional state in the home, the, the emotional level yeah. in the home. So... Hmm. Um, the attention and the the fear are number one, but then the emotional state of the people too. So if they're in a uh, a vulnerable state of being, um, then they could very well become a victim. If they're positive people, they and they're in a conducive home with the proper elements to allow an interaction or allow things to come through, like the Phillies and and, and um, I was just going to say, look at the homes we worked on together. Yep, the three of us. Uh, the the uh, that home out in the Litchfield Triangle area. They're such wonderful, positive, loving people. And look at the circus they live in. Right. <laughs> I mean, the place is a zoo, paranormally speaking, you know? Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing really too negative that I've ever encountered, as far as we, we know. But, you know, you name it, it goes like horses galloping down the, the <laughs> hallway. I mean, a, a gray aliens or what would appear to be in the bed. Yeah, I mean, you name it, it's going on. Uh, strange beings jumping by the window. <laughs> yeah, you know, be funny if it weren't so serious. Yeah, but so you're right. But but if uh, you know, so the Manson family moves in there, I mean, forget about it. I mean, right. it's, it's, you're gone. And that's why when people say, "Well, you guys are hip," you know, maybe hypocrites because you tell us not to do it, but yet you guys do it. But I don't go, you know, 
into cemeteries or whatever on, you know, once in a while, if I'll go check yeah, out a report, yeah. but, or empty buildings and do Ouija boards and nothing like that. Yeah. You know, I go into homes where I can help people that are being afflicted, that are being attacked. Um, I help them into a better, uh, environment, you know, I help a uh, better life. And, um, and what the way I go about it works every time, so I'm obligated. And um, and why would I stop if I'm if I'm helping yeah. so many people, you know? So, um, you know, we're not going out there looking for something seances and Ouija boards. We're going in where there's something already, and we're manipulating yeah. the mechanics to to break the connection. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, we'll close the gap or whatever. Uh, I think it's time maybe for one more thing, and th- this comes to us via Lon Strickler. Uh, from Phantoms, phantomsandmonsters.com. Hey, Lon. Um, she has this, yeah, Lon is great. Uh, ben, what's really that lost time one of Because it kind of fits in with some of the stuff we've been saying. Okie doke. Uh, lost time. As a young boy during the night, um, I have uh, two detailed memories. Once I tried to uh, fall asleep, suddenly time skipped in the morning. The dark window became lit by the light of the sun, and I could leave bed. Uh, another time, I was lying in bed, and uh, my nanny said good night. As soon as I closed my eyes, I could hear her uh, waking me up. Both times, I wasn't really tired, and time just jumped, uh, and the time jump was fully conscious. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Nanny, huh? You didn't have a nanny, Ben. You had me. Ah, <laughs> close mom. enough. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So uh, that, that sort of goes with what we've been saying, uh, as far as the, these maybe experiencing different worlds mm-hmm. kind of at the same time. Uh, there are psychological principles for that, but I don't think they measure up to some of the experiences. Any more thoughts on this? This is interesting. Uh, Fully conscious. No. I think I think I think we've reached reached the point of No return. Yes. All right. Well that well since we've reached the point of no return, Shane, you got a radio show of your own coming. Yeah, it's called Exposing the Paranormal TV, and that's not, I'm not gonna expose Paranormal TV, I'm just, uh, we just do that, do that <laughs> well, in Well, somebody should do that <laughs> film that's yeah. overexposed. <laughs> yeah. But basically what I'm gonna do is I'm, each, each, whether it's Sasquatch or UFO or, or ghosts, you know, related, I'm, I wanna break down each layer of the mechanics and, and do it on each, you know, episode thoroughly so it, it it'll hope, Hopefully, provide a better understanding in each area than just doing a, a typical show um, over and over and over again with just with different guests, you know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be bringing in a bunch of different people um, and discussing things. I'll also be doing um, things out in the field where you know I'll go out there with cameras and show you guys some cool stuff um, that I'm working on. And um, but it's on. It's gonna, it'll be on YouTube, so you can look it up on YouTube. It's already there, so please. Oh, subscribe. it's already there. Yeah, it's it's there. I have just a. Te- oh, I thought it was starting next month. It's, what the heck do I know? Right? It's up there, so you can yeah. you can find it and subscribe. Um, there's only like 12 subscribers right now, and, yeah. and uh, but there's a teaser video, just me running my mouth uh, for a few minutes talking about what I'm going to be doing, and then there's some photos. So if you if you stay tuned to almost halfway through, there's some some photos of you and I out in the field, mm-hmm. um, different locations that I've done, and some other photos, and um, the, you know that UFO thing near my house and, and everything. Oh wow, yeah, um, great stuff. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be interesting. And um, I, I do have the first. There's quite a few guests that are agreed to come on. One best-selling author, Derek Tyler, who um, some people think he's controversial or he's or never even been on this show. Conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. he's he coast to coast. He's going to be on coast to coast in a few weeks because he's got another book coming out. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's a great, great uh, author, great writer. His uh, I've gotten partial partial through his book, and it just he's he's a really good writer. 
Um, I know he's got some ideas that are kind of out there for some people, but I, he couldn't be more believable. I mean, he believes what he says. I know that for sure. This is not some guy that's writing something out of fiction. He's, you know, he actually believes everything that he's saying. He's very interesting, and he's a. Uh, a lot of people don't may not know this either. He's got he's a genius IQ. You know he's got a very high IQ. Remember, Mensa, not that that means anything, but he, yep. you know, um, he's a very very smart smart guy, and um, I think he's interesting. You know, cool. I, not to say I agree with everything, but he's shared a lot of over the years. We've shared a lot of information, a lot of photos, things that has happened through his own house, and some of his theories directly or his experience with his abductions to tie into what we talk about sometimes, even with the parasites. Okay, I know we're running short, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna kind of well. So check that out. YouTube uh, behind the paranormal TV, exposing the paranormal, exposing TV. the paranormal TV. Yeah, yeah. behind the yeah, yeah. I, I can't <laughs> get away from the behind. Exposing the paranormal. Okay, exposing behind the paranormal. All right. Uh, so May 26th and 27th, uh, meet us at the Saucer Symposium at the KRO Center for Consciousness KRI. Studies. Okay, all right. Sorry, I'm all right. Thank you, Ben. Uh, in Stratum, New Hampshire, uh, Shane will be there too. Uh, there'll be some great speakers, uh, including Shane, of course, and we'll do a live broadcast from there on the 27th, as we did last year. More information later. And before we continue, I want to apologize. Uh, we were supposed to be at the Authors and Book Lovers event at the Cumberland Library yesterday, but we had a last-minute emergency, had to be somewhere else, and could not do that. So anybody who came looking for us, uh, apologies that we weren't there. We'll yes. hopefully be there next year. So it's always a good time uh, for a good read and uh, gift giving, uh, as as Valentine's Day has has passed us. There are always birthdays, and you know there's always a good occasion to give someone a gift. So please consider autographed copies of our books. Uh, they're widely available, but if you order them online at either of our two websites, behindtheparanormal.com or newenglandghosts.com, uh, we'll be happy to autograph them for you. And if you're watching the video feed, the two of them are right behind Ben, uh, and that is Behind the Paranormal: Everything You Know Is Wrong, published in 2016. Available in stores and from online retailers. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Uh, then there's Behind the Paranormal 2, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of, currently available from online retailers and from Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. Okay. What do we have coming up next week, Ben? Oh, we have a love, lovely, lovely things coming up next week. So uh, that is uh, February 25th, which is next Sunday. Uh, we will be uh, talking about UFOs and abductions and other paranormal phenomena that can overlap with our favorite person, uh, Kathleen Marden, who we haven't had on in a very long time. I can't remember the last time we had her on. Well, over the last 10 years, she's been on a lot. But Well, uh, she has. I, yeah. I mean, I, well, her solo, that is, yeah. ra- rather than, than That's you know, right. yes, the, the, uh, the uh, panel. panels and, and all that stuff. What's going to be interesting is we'll be talking about crossover phenomena, things that that uh, happen in, in her UFO cases. She's a UFO expert, and she's MUFON's director of abduction research, and you know, she'll call us when, you know, gee, this person was abducted, and all of a sudden there's a poltergeist tearing up his house. Things mm. are crossover phenomena. So that's the sort of thing we'll be uh, discussing uh, at uh, some length next week. So uh, anyway, we will uh, leave you this afternoon with a word from none other than Pablo Picasso. Uh, Everything you can imagine is real, which fits right in with a lot of our multiverse discussions. Pretty today. much. Yeah. So anyway, I am Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Shane Stairway. Thanks for joining us on a great cosmic journey, and we'll see you behind the paranormal. And don't forget to check out Shane on YouTube. Exposing the paranormal paranormal TV. TV. I'll get it. I'll get it. (laughs) Yes, don't worry. We'll subscribe to you and we'll, we'll talk about you a bunch. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, folks. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of 
Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. 